0: Hello and welcome to studio class. I am Megan Enan, your host and diva sidekick. Wondering how to build your singing career and still make enough money to survive? It's not always easy, and we certainly didn't cover this during studio class at school. However, I'm here to give you the micro actions that over time will transform your relationship to your career. Let's do this. I like the rock and the music, and I like to the jazz. for episode number 8. This episode is brought to you by 29 Days to Diva from the Sybaritic Singer. Have you been checking out the newest season of the blog post? I hope so. My little sister told me that our divas' experiences were giving her anxiety. Flaky collaborators, potential ulcers, car troubles, and more. But that's real life, right? We have to figure out how to live our best diva lives with all of those factors. Let me know if you're following along with our divas' work in your own life. I'd love to hear from you. In this eighth episode, I want to talk about the dangers of perfectionism. Perfectionism can manifest in a couple of ways, and we're going to talk about over-preparing and under-preparing as a couple of things to watch out for, as well as how to accept both failure and success as part of the path. Imagine waking up this morning to discover that Seattle Opera left a message offering you a lead role without even an audition. After the absolute euphoria subsides, what emotion would take over next? Fear? Uncertainty? Panic? Perhaps you feel undeserving of the opportunity. Even if you have followed every step of the 29 Days to Diva challenges this this season and seasons past, how soon would the imposter feelings and apprehensions creep into your consciousness? My suggestions and challenges for you so far and always are consistently steeped in the great American way of life— Working your way up from the bottom, struggling through challenges, becoming an innovator in the field, and always with your nose to the grindstone. Blame it on my Midwestern work ethic. But what about the moment when your hard work meets success? We do not only fail regularly, we succeed regularly too. The praise and recognition of your talents are not achieved by deception, a congenial personality, or simple good luck. Divas, for our studio class assignment this week, I want you to prepare yourself for success. Birgit Spinath wrote an excellent article for Scientific American called Great Pretenders, People Who Feel Their Success Is Undeserved. And I'll link to it in the show notes. She wrote, The term imposter phenomenon was coined in the 1970s by psychologists Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imes, both then at Georgia State University. They noticed that many of their students with excellent test scores and good grades admitted during counseling that they felt they did not belong at the school. Although these students were successful and accomplished, they expressed the idea that they had somehow conned their way into their current positions. They were astutely aware of their weaknesses and tended to overestimate the strengths and abilities of others. In their minds, they always failed to measure up, and they dreaded the day they would make a mistake and reveal to the world the grand illusion. But divas, who cares what they think? Let's turn to our friend and icon Martha Graham here. Martha Graham has a quote that goes, what people in the world think of you is really none of your business, end quote. (laughs) In a career field that relies on gatekeepers as heavily as this one, it may be difficult to understand this point at first. You're thinking, of course I need to care about what other people think. They're the ones giving me the gig. And I understand that logic, but it will ultimately be unfulfilling. We cannot fully understand the people around us that we've known for decades, so it's obvious then that we can never really know what strangers are thinking either. We take their verbal and nonverbal information, process it through our own understanding, and then make these giant assumptions based on that and call it their opinion instead of our own. Ultimately, what other people think of you is none of your business. And the creative path in this life is going to be so much more fulfilling and satisfying if we rid ourselves of the notion of needing someone else's permission to live our professionally creative lives. Remember, you already are a singer. Everything after that is simply a jumble of different self-imposed metrics. Furthermore, ridding ourselves of the notion that we need someone else's permission to be professional singers seems to change the rules of the game a little bit. You're thinking if I don't have the reviewer from the Times say that I'm valuable, or if I don't have the audition panel for that international competition say that I'm valuable, or if I don't win that shiny trophy for my recordings to say that I'm valuable, how will anyone know? And it does change the rules. Your work regarding healthy striving versus perfectionism will motivate you to realize that you aren't clamoring for perfection in your craft to gain someone else's permission to do it more. In fact, it will inspire you to realize that you, you get to work diligently at your craft because it's something that you deeply love, and you're searching for alignment in the world. The singing world isn't actively against you. Truly, they want you to be the right fit for whatever project they're pouring their blood, sweat, and tears into. So don't wait, divas. Realize what is valuable about your artistry, and then go into the world seeking alignment with that. Don't only search for someone to tell you what they need you to be to fulfill their needs. That brings me around to practicing acceptance. There's a void in conservatory training regarding the experience of success. Schooling and training is obsessive about rehearsing and performing better and better, but it's also about amassing tools to help with your future trade. And dealing with success should be one of those tools, however, sometimes it isn't. In fact, Many people in general have a tendency to blame external circumstances for both their successes and failures, and musicians are not immune to this. It's one of the ways that we steel ourselves against the heartbreak of a freelance career such as ours. However, if we attribute our success to external circumstances, we could be left unable to process the accomplishments we actually earn. One of the most basic steps to dealing with success is fortifying your emotional stability. Who doesn't need that, right? In fact, it's true that those that suffer with depressive tendencies will feel great responsibility for their failures and attribute most of their successes to luck. Researchers have noticed that emotionally robust people tend to attribute positive events to internal stable global factors. And in contrast, Negative occurrences tend to get cited to unstable and specific factors. So practicing acceptance of credit for achievement and criticism for mistakes is paramount to letting in success. Going beyond the I'm going to sing at the Met ambitions to thinking about acknowledging specific successes will be extremely positive. Boosting your self-esteem can help you resist self-handicapping urges. Try writing about a value you truly hold before opportunities for self-sabotage. For example, thoroughly explain your belief in music or theater before a big audition. Confirming your positive beliefs can prevent you from putting obstacles in your way. Another way we can avoid self-sabotage is to focus on the right attributions to success. When others suggest a singer only got a role or audition because she has a pretty face, she'll begin to equate her success with her looks instead of focusing on her actual skill or preparation. It's necessary that you are aware of the skills you bring to the game, whether innate or learned. When you can point to your abilities and can acknowledge how they figured into achievement, you'll be able to grow more. One of the concealed traps of success is self-sabotage. No matter the level of success you have achieved, you have found a comfort zone at that level. To grow and achieve better success, you must develop beyond that comfort zone. Your success will only continue as far as your self-esteem allows. Even those bold-faced names that we all know have struggled with involuntary self-sabotage due to insecurity. Which brings me to the two camps that musicians fall into that precipitate self-sabotage. Overdoing and underdoing. Does this resonate with you yet? It sure did with me. Overdoing is marked by the obsessive preparing and rehearsing of every detail in the music. Overdoers believe that they only achieve success due to their epic preparation. And they disbelieve in their own skills or intrinsic abilities. They cannot enjoy the process of making music because they didn't have enough time to prepare. They never realized that in their case, there will never be enough time to prepare because preparing would fill up all the time. What it's like the fishbowl, like the, the goldfish in the, in the size of the pond, it will always grow to whatever the size of the container is over preparers will fill up overdoers will fill up all of the time that they have with preparation. The fear of performing only increases because they understand that they're not going to be able to consistently match that amount of effort in the future. Now back to our friend Birgit Spadath for a second. She explains underdoing looks somewhat different. Given a particular performance situation, a person will, for example, fail to prepare or prepare much too late, doing other extraneous things instead. Yeah, nope, this doesn't ring a bell at all. Nope. (laughs) In the 1970s, social psychologist Edward E. Jones dubbed this behavior self-handicapping. When these underdoers perform well, despite putting obstacles in their own way by not studying or preparing, they ascribe their success to luck rather than their own ability. It was just a fluke, they say. Thus, people who have an imposter mindset, who fall into the underdoing trap, end up viewing the future as just as uncertain as those who overprepare. So what can you do if you find yourself suffering in one of the two camps? We have to break the cycle. You cannot give up preparing or suddenly go into hyperdrive in an attempt to avoid self-sabotage. There must be a balance there must be a balance and accurate attribution to the cause of success. Thinking about ways to ameliorate self-sabotage can also be another way to visualize real success. Singers that believe they're not worthy or capable of succeeding beyond their current comfort zone will subconsciously avoid opportunities. Some worry that once they reach a personal milestone, they'll not be able to continue the obsessive fight and struggle to be noticed. If you can relate to this self-defeating personality, it's time to redirect the narrative of, what am I going to do now? So, challenge yourself for more growth. Musicians fear moving forward because they're doing well at the current level and they want to stave off negative feelings of trying and failing. But practice telling yourself, I did this well, watch what I can do next. Funnel your energy and passion into your future gigs. A lot of our journey is about criticism and a constant need to be better. It's extremely difficult for some to let go of that hypercritical mentality. When you meet success at any juncture, You must be ready to accept that it really is your turn. That's why we're shining a light on our attitudes towards striving and perfectionism today. So, when you think about those words in the context of your life and your work, how do you feel? Does one term describe you better than the other? Can you feel where either one is more true in certain parts of your work? Think about the difference between what actions, steps, and goals you've brought into your life. Make two columns in your journal, for example, how I'm improving myself and goals I've chosen based on what other people will do or think. And if you need some prompts to start thinking deeply, ask yourself things like, why did I go to school for music? Why did I choose the school that I chose? What repertoire do I work on and why? What is the big goal that I'm working towards at the moment and why? Divas, perfectionism isn't going to bring peace. It's a mythical finish line. More so, it's really a through line to like anxiety and depression. When we m- make this active shift to healthy striving from perfectionism, we're not negating our high expectations. We're, seti- we're saying that we're ready to work in the face of fear. We're ready to try and we're ready to try with a balanced approach, not overdoing and not underdoing. We're ready to meet our own expectations with our work. Perfectionism means living in a world where we will never be enough. There will always be something wrong with us and our work. Healthy striving means adopting a change in our thinking that focuses on operating at our current best in every situation, as well as accepting our current situation. I want us to stop underpreparing and over-preparing, or underdoing and overdoing in an effort to accept that both failures and great successes are part of our path. Divas, it's one of my grandest dreams that we each experience more success than we dreamed imaginable in this world. I hope that these ideas help you prepare for your inevitable success. So, at the end of another episode, here's to a 2017 of learning how to kick perfectionism and imposter syndrome to the curb. See you next time, Divas! Thanks for joining me for episode number eight of Studio Class brought to you by the Super Riddick Singer. Many thanks to Juanitos for the music featured in this episode. Any of the links, articles, and more I discussed in this episode will also be included in the show notes. Did you know there's one simple way that you can support our show to ensure we keep producing more content? Simply head over to iTunes and give us a rating. First, subscribe to the podcast, and then you can rate the podcast by selecting one to five stars. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider giving us a five-star rating. This takes less than a minute to do. And with each new rating, it only boosts the visibility in iTunes for studio class. It means a lot to me and to the show. Higher ratings means greater discoverability. Thanks for helping me do my part to be a shepherd for the art form. Do you have questions about this podcast or the information I've presented here? Please go to SybariticSinger.com and get in touch. That's S-Y-B-A-R-I-T-I-C-S-I-N-G-E-R.com and get in touch.